Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. You know, when we lose the potential, we could have signed something today. I couldn't 100% sign something today. We actually had papers ready to be signed, but it just wasn't appropriate. I want to do it right. I'd much rather do it right than do it fast. Just like in prison. Um, you, so sometimes you got to walk away. That's oh, yeah. what the president said about the North Korean summit. Sure, absolutely. To discuss the summit and other matters political, we are pleased to welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Lon He Chen, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen, also a fellow at the Hoover Institution, director of domestic policy studies, lecturer in public policy at Stanford University, a quaint little community college in Northern California. Lon He, how are you, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? It's merely my inferiority complex that makes me uh, make those little <laughs> jokes at Stanford's expense. I hope you will forgive me and or pity of me. Of course. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sure you already pity me. Anyway, so, hey, uh, my theory, I, Joe, have been saying for quite some time, the most likely outcome by far is that North Korea gets a usable nuclear arsenal and we just have to live with it. And any hope to the contrary has been a long shot. Uh, would you agree, or how do you see the question? Well, I I think that a, a fair amount of pessimism is warranted in in this entire process. And you know, from from all along, leading up to the Hanoi summit, leading up to the most recent set of discussions, 
I was warning people that, you know, to expect a deal, I think, is overly optimistic because of the conditions on the ground that we know of in North Korea. And I say we know of because the reality is we, we really don't know how far along they are in many respects. They've got elements of nuclear capability that we're not aware of, which, by the way, was one of the reasons why in this negotiation the United States was demanding a full accounting from the North Koreans of what they had. And, and even that they were unwilling to do. So I do think to a certain degree the North Koreans are far enough along in their nuclear program. They have enough fissile material developed. They have warheads. They're able to put that material on warheads. That, that this is a serious set of considerations. And so I'm glad that we're engaging in discussions with them, but I'm not surprised we weren't able to reach a breakthrough in this summit. Would North Korea, if, if, if they just are accepted as a nuclear state by the world, would they be the craziest nuclear state, or would Pakistan still have that title, you think? Well, th- this week, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of lot of conflict between Pakistan and India in the Kashmir region, which is the disputed region between the two countries. The Pakistanis, the, the problem with Pakistan is that it, it's never entirely clear who's in charge. You've right. got the sort of triumvirate of authorities there. You've got the intelligence services, which are incredibly powerful, You've got the military, and then, of course, you've got the civilian leadership. And the problem with Pakistan is less that they're as unpredictable or eccentric as Kim Jong-un. It's more that you just never know who's in charge when. So Reminds look, me of Iran. Places. Yeah, well, and, and, and it's, it's not unusual to see in, in that part of the world. So I, I feel like uh, the North Korea, we, we shouldn't simply accept that North Korea is a nuclear power. We should, we should want to do something about the Korean Peninsula to seek denuclearization, but the reality is they're quite far along, and we have to we have to accept that they are where they are, and do our best to try and push them away from nuclear folly. One of the things we like best about talking to you, Lanhi, is that you're you're thoroughly acquainted with the conventional wisdom, but you're not a slave to it. Having said that, what do you think of the unconventional uh, Trump approach to summits and getting together with world leaders and and uh, Kim Jong Un in particular? You want to go? You want to meet? Sure, I'll meet. Where you were? When? Okay, I'll be Let's there. Let's talk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look. I, I he is someone who obviously has managed throughout his whole career to get things done in an unconventional way. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say that his technique is wrong because it doesn't follow uh, 90 years of the way we've conducted diplomacy. That having been said, I think there's a reason why you want the subordinates to get together and hammer out something and then bring it up to the next level and let them hammer something out and really just let the leaders come together. But, you know, I I was thinking and reflecting uh, last night, guys, on the discussions that Reagan had with Gorbachev in the 80s. And recall that that took several in-person meetings, I think five, before they were able to reach some substantial agreement. Reagan had to walk away from the table at one point. Reagan wasn't hesitant to meet directly with Gorbachev. So I I don't have a problem with Trump trying to do this one-on-one. What I hope, though, and and actually I don't hope, I know this is happening, there are very good people in our government who know a lot about these issues, who very much want to strike a reasonable agreement with North Korea, who are putting in an awful lot of time and effort into, uh, into getting things done. I'm very close to someone who's very deeply involved in the process now, and I know that with the negotiations partly in his hands, you know, I feel very good about the possibility of a good outcome. I also felt very good, by the way, that President Trump wasn't going to sign a bad deal. I know there's a lot of people on the left who are like, oh, Trump's going to give away the farm. But let's not forget, we have a system around the president. And at the end of the day, the president, I think, did the right thing by listening to the counsel of people like Pompeo, the Secretary of State, and John Bolton, the National Security Advisor, probably told him, look, trading sanctions 
for the, the destruction of one known nuclear facility is probably not a good idea. Well, uh, Kim swung for the fences, and my theory is they got smart people watching cable news all the time. They're hearing all the talking heads say, you know, the Cohen hearings are happening, and Trump's under the gun, and he might give away the farm. They thought, why not Why not to throw him our best deal and see if he bites? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, it's a negotiation, and the, the, the North Koreans are clearly savvy enough to have gotten to where – I mean – Let's just step back and take a look at North Korea. It's a country with a minuscule GDP. Uh, they've got massive areas that don't even have power. They've got people who are starving. Uh, the number of people who are doing well economically is probably fewer than the number of gulags in the country. So, you know, for them to have gotten to this place suggests that they're actually pretty savvy, pretty savvy bunch. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think they looked at the conditions and said, we're going to do everything we can to try to seize on the president when they perceive he's weak. But obviously, as I said, there's a system in place. The system was effective, and I'm glad to see that we ended up where we did. His podcast is Crossing Lines with Lon Hee Chen. You should check it out. Did you see the videos of uh, of Kim smoking cigarettes during the breaks? Now his, sis- his sister has to run around with the ashtray. I don't have a sister, but if I did, I don't think she'd follow me around <laughs> with an ashtray if I wanted her to. <laughs> That's it's quite it's it's it, it's really terrific service they have over there. Yeah, no kidding. Korea, I guess yeah, I mean, it's that's good, pretty awesome. Good to be a dictator. So, Lon, he as long as uh, Jack brought up the unholy specter of the uh, Cohen hearings yesterday, um, and and your specialty is indeed in domestic policy. Uh, overall impressions of the spectacle of that hearing, the testimony. Uh, how much did you get to see? Um, I saw a decent amount of it, actually, because I was on a plane yesterday, and they had the direct TV on. So uh, I was. How uh, many people seem to be watching it on the plane? A lot of people? Uh, I would say about 70% of the wow. people around me were watching it. I, wow. I was shocked, actually, maybe because there was nothing else to watch. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. It was on day. every – the networks even blew out their programming. For I'll it. grant you that. But... Yeah, although 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 there was some spring training, which was, which was a nice distraction. But – I tend to think that uh, there's a couple of things about the testimony. I mean, one, obviously, Cohen's credibility is not the greatest out of all of the witnesses we've seen appear before Congress. That having been said, the fact that he was with the president before he was the president for so long, and, you know, I recall Michael Cohen in in 2012 when I was working for Mitt Romney as as a senior aide on that campaign, and we were dealing with the Trump orbit, the Trump community, uh, it, it was Michael Cohen who we dealt with primarily. And, and so Michael Cohen is somebody who has clearly been around the president, knows a lot, has reason to know a lot. And, and so I don't doubt that at least some of what he said yesterday was true. I do think it was a spectacle in the sense that both sides have already decided what they want to use this for. The Democrats are going to use it to pursue impeachment. The Republicans are going to use it uh, as an opportunity to defend the president and, and, to, and to slander Cohen. So uh, both sides already decided what was going to happen. I don't know that we learned a whole lot of new stuff from the hearings yesterday, but what I do think is that for, for the Democrats to have held the hearings during the North Korea talks was not an accident. And I and I do wish that they – I think they could have accomplished the same thing. That was weak. If they'd only waited a few days. Yeah, yeah. That, that's so, really, that really weak. It, it, is there a fictional voter out there that doesn't believe Trump's the kind of guy that Cohen presented him as yesterday? I just – I just I think everybody knows when they heard – he, you know, he got a phony bidder to buy his own painting. I think most Trump supporters think, yeah, I, I think he's that <laughs> kind of guy. Like Sounds like Donald Trump to me. Right. I still like him better than Hillary Clinton or Kamala Harris. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, someone, I forgot who it was, put it well yesterday when they said there was a lot of embarrassment but not a whole lot of illegality. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think there was a lot of embarrassment. Now, 
the 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 bigger investigation than the Mueller investigation, I think, is this investigation that's going on in the Southern District of New York, which is the district which covers New York City and obviously has prosecutorial oversight on on violations of federal law that happen in New York City. And so the question is, did the Trump organization or any of the Trump charities violate uh, campaign finance and other laws? I think I think that may be the legal exposure the president has. But it's not like I walked away from yesterday thinking, you know, that the president had colluded with Russia any more than I thought before, which is I, I, I'm not convinced it happened. And so I, I, we didn't learn anything new legally, but it was embarrassing for the president and probably not a great thing for him to have had to go, had to go through or to watch for that matter. I do find myself wondering what the fate of the Trump empire is going to be, though, given the investigation you referenced and the complexity uh, and creativity of their dealings through the decades. Um, we, we'll see, I guess. Uh, Lan Hee Chen yeah. is the host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lan Hee Chen. We will have a link so you can find it and listen to it easily. He's also a Di- David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University. Lan Hee, it's, it's always enlightening. We thank you for your time. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before for hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 